afternoon and a big welcome to Healthy for Men's Podumentary uh, with me, James Stewart. I'm a guest contributor on one of these episodes you're about to hear, joined by the co-directors of this beautiful, beautiful podcast. So, Tom, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, James. Thank you for coming on and uh, building up the hype. Thank you. I'm, I'm very hyped. Uh, Andy, how are you, mate? Afternoon. Good. Thank you so much for having me. I, like I said, am on one of your episodes. I had a blast doing it. I'm sat here now. Good to hear previewing who else is joining you on your podumentary. Before we get to that, we need to talk about what a podumentary is, boys. <laughs> Fill yes, me in. <laughs> yes. It is a series of conversations edited into a comprehensive documentary episode about uh, a trending topic, something that we find, think is important to, uh, to people who are concerned about their health, who want to live better lifestyles. Um, so this involves uh, mental health conditions, veganism, is veganism good for you? Um, what are the downfalls of veganism? Um, what can you benefit from veganism? That kind of thing. Um, what is the future of, of health? Awesome. You know, what can AI do for us? What can, um, oh, uh, where are supplements heading? You know, what, what are they going to look like in the future? That kind of thing. And um, what should we look out for when, when the new technology has been developed and how is that going to change our lives? This is why I'm excited because I've obviously only done one of these and it was brilliant. But so it's nice to come here now and hear you guys talking about all the other people that have been involved with this. There's so much diversity in this podcast. It's, it's impossible to pick a favourite one that stands out. But in terms of what you want people to get from listening to these, whether you know, on the way home and coming into work, at, you know, on holiday what do you want them to think, Andy, when they listen to this podumentary? So going with an open mind, uh, when we recorded the anxiety episode, for example, I don't personally suffer from anxiety, but I do actually have a lot of friends who do. And I found it actually really fascinating from all the people we met, from the professionals, from the personal stories, from people who suffer from anxiety, uh, just to hear their take on it. And I found that actually really fascinating. And now it's a lot more relatable to like my personal life when I sort of meet people who suffer from it as well now. And so we'll sort of segue from that and then sort of why I came in, which is to talk about toxic masculinity and sort of all the things that come with that. And I, I know that you haven't, you've had another person come in uh, from a wrestling like background talking about similar things. So my view on it is very much from a kind of a, a sort of fashion-y sort of metrosexuality point of view. And then I guess ironically in complete contrast <laughs> to what this topic is about, a wrestler, which must have been fascinating. Yeah, no, that was really interesting actually, because uh, I mean, I... I I personally follow a lot of wrestling. I know, you know, your Hulk Hogan's down to people like Alex. And uh, it was interesting to hear, if not just a fan's perspective, but also from like the wrestler's perspective and how wrestlers see wrestlers and the kind of sort of toxic masculinity you can get in the dressing room and how it's not always you think it's the biggest, oldest kind of veteran in the dressing room, but it's sometimes the younger people who are up and coming, got more to prove. Uh, and Alex was a really nice guy. It was really great to chat to him as well. I know back in the day, as I'll call it, it was about who's more of a man, who's sleeping the most chicks and all that stuff. Nowadays, it's um, it's becoming opposite of that. It's like we respect the guys have been doing it for longer. So, you know, in that locker room on Wednesday, we had Rampage Brown in the locker room, who was like a 17-year veteran. We had um, locker room leaders there. So, there's never ever going to be like this whole measuring contest between men or even that because they're all really quiet guys anyway because they're huge and they don't like, like they have nothing to prove and I'm at the stage now where I think I'm lucky I found this out earlier on where I have nothing to prove you can't fake that actual stuff because it, they do actually do things that oh, yeah, even if yeah. you practice it still bloody mm. hurts I would yeah. imagine so but it, you... it is strange though to get your head around because I'm, I'm right. the same yeah it's weird same. right it is strange to get your head, your head around it if you're not a fan I've got lots of friends who are fans one being Andy I, you know I've tried to um, 
to watch it and to, to get involved in it, get involved in the hype. Um, but uh, yeah, to me, it, it, I just see a performance. That's all I, all I see. Until they start banging nails into each other's faces and things like that. <laughs> which happens. Uh, which yeah. Does it happen, actually? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully we're going to hear from Alex a bit more about that. That's a, that's a good one. I'm looking <laughs> yeah. forward to that one. And then, Good, good. So from a, oh well, this is super relevant right now. Veganism, health, meat, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, Gustav came in and chatted to you about pig farming. Yeah, well, Gustav, uh, he's... A Swedish, uh, well, he was a Swedish pig farmer. Uh, he had slaughtered pigs from quite a young age, but then he transitioned into veganism. So he totally gave wow. up his his occupation. What, so he quit. He quit. See, no, I'm genuinely like, well, I want to know what happened. <laughs> so he quit being. He quit this pig farming. Too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To 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 be vegan, but now he he has a farm, but it's yeah. a plant farm. Wow. Um, and he yeah he spreads the uh, the vegan message. That's cool. Uh, through his farm, so you know he still has the same business. It's just the 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 means of which it makes money is just another world. Yeah. Gustav actually talks about as well and how he went into the business because he really cared about good organic farming and he just didn't like the kind of the sort of mainstream meat industry. Wow. And it, that was kind of his goal initially was for the welfare of the animals. And then when he kind of realized that the demand of his own business got higher and higher, he it kind of, he got more desensitized about what he was doing, mm -hmm. processing more pigs for his farm. And I think, yeah, that's when it kind of hit home for him. It, it was a, it was a difficult process, definitely, because we had the shop, we were selling a lot of meat, all our friends, as I said, they were farmers and um, all our customers were kind of expecting this high quality meat. And, um, and then, we just stopped, you know, and <laughs> that was hard. And Tom, I know you're like sort of into your sports in the gym and stuff. We were talking about this when I came in earlier on. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you took it upon yourself to try some other bits and pieces. I did, yeah. Um, what I wanted to do was try out these interesting sports that were kind of on the fringes. Yeah, you haven't done things by halves, have you? You've, you've committed. Mate, what, what's, what are timber sports? Timber sports, tell me. Timber sports is a sport for lumberjacks, you could say. Uh, so it's all about chopping wood, uh, felling trees. Um, that's with hacksaws, with, with axes. Uh, at the timber sports event, it's all about how fast you can you can hack through hack through a tree basically with using the uh, they use chainsaws as well to do it. But the the, the more sporty side of it is you know throwing an axe, <laughs> however many hundred times to get through uh, to get through a tree. Also looking forward to so we're going sort of international here uh, with Bruce. So we're going from Sweden. We're now we're now slightly different Borneo, <laughs> the dizzy heights of uh, Southeast Asia and. This is really, I think, in a social media world where, you know, you look on a tube and everyone's got their head down looking at their phones. They just don't do that. <laughs> they no, talk right. to each other and they have a community. You remember that? Exactly. <laughs> yes. And this is, this is uh, Bruce's, Bruce's point. So um, Bruce Parry, he was uh, on the TV a lot a few years ago with his, his documentary Tribe. Love Bruce Parry. His passport must be just the most stamped passport <laughs> up there with Attenborough, I reckon. Like, you again, sir? Yeah, like <laughs> frequent flyer miles just stacked up. Um, yeah, he spent he spent uh, a long time with it with a, a very specific tribe in Borneo called the Penan. Uh, and they are claimed to be the last true egalitarian society on the, on the planet. So there's no hierarchical system with them. There's no... Um, uh, there's no reliance on technology or, or industry. They hunt. Um, and Bruce, uh, he says that 
they're always meditating because they're always hunting. They're always, they always have to be aware of their, their, their surroundings. And I think how I, I described it in the podcast was if, if um, you know, we're cursed with always thinking about the past and, and the future. Uh, you know, these Penang people, one. Are, they're one, they're, they're, they're blessed one, with yeah. the present. You know, Which is so unusual. That does mm. not happen. I don't, well, it doesn't. And that, so f- to get his, having a little, wow, I mean, that must be fascinating. It really was, yeah. It was, yeah. It was really fascinating. Him, him I mean, also the um, the way that the community don't suffer from the same kind of social anxieties the Western sort of side of the world right, does. Right. We, I mean, they don't have to worry about kind of materialistic things that's going on in their life. What or filters what, they use. Yeah, that person left the group chat, what's going on sort of thing. Like, <laughs> it's nothing like that. So She's read my, it's double blue tig, but she's not inside. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah, for example, it's like they don't literally have walls to their houses. They just have shelters wow. and they, they know what each family's doing because they are one big family in that respect. And if anything was to bother them, they would soon talk about it and sort it out. You know, obviously each indigenous group is very different in their own right, but I guess there are some things that, that I do experience when I'm with them that we don't have in the same way. And the biggest one is obviously connection. They know everyone, you grow up, everybody around you that you grow up with, they know you intimately. You don't have to put on this facade of being another person. There's no anonymity, everyone is, is intimate and known. Um, there's less walls and barriers, so you have this um, physical and psychological connection with everything around you too, including nature, which is also very, very important. They often have a a, a unified belief in something, so there's that other aspect as well that gels them. They're connected to something that's bigger than themselves that they believe in. That's another form of connection. Mm -hmm. And they're connected to their body and senses in a much more profound and deep way, I think, than we are. We're very much in our heads, and they seem to be much more in their bodies. Experts, breeding experts. That is what you're getting from Healthy for Men's Podumentary. Listen, honestly, it's brilliant. I've done it. I can say that. <laughs> also listen to my episodes. I'm James Stewart. We talked about toxic masculinity. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it's something that I think we should all be aware of. It's coming up in amongst all of these other beautiful things. Uh, check it out. And and boys, thanks for having me. And James, thank you for coming. It's a pleasure always. Tom, you always, Tom always makes me come in and it's like 27 degrees outside <laughs> and we're in this basement, but it's so worth it. We've got a window today. We've though, got a window so. today. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you, James. Start with them feeling a little anxious. And then because they, because they, they, they feel they a little feel anxious, their heart might pump a little harder. I couldn't breathe. Like my heart was absolutely pounding in my chest. And I felt different. Well, I think a lot of people don't want to educate themselves. They're sick and tired of hearing people saying, you need to eat healthy, you need to do this. A lot of these messages are targeted at teenagers. Is it the best thing for me, or is it actually just what I want to be the best thing for me? Well, you almost feel alienated by lad culture. I would say now definitely it's not necessary to eat animal products. Or do I take me to get I announced to people before I became the highest paid coach in the country that I will become the highest paid coach in the country. I don't do emotions, I do actions. Separating the fake health news from the complex facts about nutrition, fitness and well-being can be difficult. But Healthy For Men are here with a new podumentary to smash those health myths into digestible, accurate facts. Is anxiety a mental health problem? Is veganism bad for you? What is positive masculinity? Join me, Tom Rowley, editor of Healthy For Men magazine, as we explore argument-inducing topics on every episode. We cover all sides with tenacious and comprehensive journalism. Subscribe now on iTunes or any other podcast platform, ready for episode one coming soon.